Nobody gets super excited about Chris Weidman, but I do think that's going to that's gonna hurt going forward. First of all, people who are attracted to men get excited about Chris Weidman, so uh, <laughs> you better check yourself out. And there. that is a rough injury, too, right? <laughs> that was like watching a toddler like bend a Ken doll in a way it wasn't supposed to. Do you remember when we saw all those pictures after Andrew Hammond got his hip surgery of him like at a Kroger riding around on a rascal? Like, that's probably <laughs> Chris Weidman right now. Like, Yeah, he's... and based on uh, Chris Weidman's Instagram story, he seems to be spending a lot of time at home um, on various couches and chairs. <laughs> Sometimes when playing hockey, your leg bends in a way that is not in accordance with God's plan. No, but, but if God's uh, plan was least... to help you get 100% on Mario Odyssey, then you're right there. Yeah. United in red. Remember Todd White. Where did Eric Carlson eat last night? It doesn't matter if you ask. It's the Jack and Luke Podcast. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode Shasta Levy of the Chet Sellers and Luke Peristi Podcast. I'm Luke, and I'm joined as always by the man who would never healthy scratch Freddie Clayson on his birthday. It's Chet Sellers. <laughs> How you doing, man? Pleasure to be here. I'm not doing Love the too show. bad. I'm doing better than the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> this this is our darkest timeline. <laughs> be careful what you wish for i feel like is the theme of ottawa senators fandom right now well you know i mean we had asked pierre dorian for a big one-for-one -one trade to shake up this roster for what felt like months and we finally got it and i'm talking of course about chris di domenico for gabrielle dumont <laughs> Uh, the trade that only waivers could facilitate. <laughs> they say that uh, God doesn't uh, close a door without opening a window. Well, it's it's also true that on a Guy Boucher team, you don't lose a 2007 Drummondville Voltigeur without gaining a 2007 Drummondville Voltigeur. So uh, at least we're we're even on that front. So it finally happens. The Ottawa Senators announced Duchesne as we all wanted, and then we got to wait a week before we can even watch and play in a different country, which I kind of thought was like, like unwrapping your Christmas present early and then not being able to play with what you knew you were getting. And <laughs> then uh, Matt Duchesne failed to score for, I don't know, the first six, seven games he had? No, Matt Duchesne like scored last night. Your parents forgot to buy batteries. Matt Duchesne scored last <laughs> night. That uh, pre-apic sensation has ended. So we're, we're okay now. Matt Duchesne is off the schneid, uh, and I'm expecting big things from this young man going forward. I mean, we've been watching hockey for long enough now that I think we all know that like your slump-busting goal is never a nice one. It's always going in off a shin pad or off your butt, or like it's gonna the other team's gonna score by accident, and you're gonna be the last guy on your team who touched the puck. And so, uh, congratulations, Matt Duchesne, finally, truly an Ottawa Senator. <laughs> Kyle Turris, obviously, who we still love and want the best for, has played pretty well in his time in Nashville over the last uh, two weeks or so. And, you know, Matt Duchesne not scoring was starting to get Senators fans pretty tight. Not only for that reason. I mean, there's lots of reasons to be pretty tight these days. But, uh, you know, I was even seeing people saying, well, I don't know why we made this trade. It clearly isn't working out. And it's like, you need to relax. Just because Matt <laughs> Duchesne hasn't scored in seven games, the logic behind why they made that trade has not changed. And, you know, it doesn't change the fact that for the next two years, we have Matt Duchesne on the team. No one's looked better not scoring than 
Matt Duchesne. He is the most impressive minus 10 with no points player I've ever seen. Like he exactly. was making a lot of things happen other than things actually happening. Yeah, the potential to make things happen is is there. Right, exactly. There was a lot of potential energy being built up. Yeah, he's just a barrel of gunpowder right now, just waiting to go off. Exactly. It must be said, I feel like part of the reason why Sens fans have been uh, tight is, um, and I'm not sure if you've heard this, but uh, Sens are in a bit of a slump right now, Chet. Things are not looking good right now. Uh, Having lost six in a row, I don't know that the Sens are going to necessarily pull out of this tailspin, barring some, you know, miraculous Andrew Hammond-like visitor who will help them win many, many games in a row because they are now several points out of a playoff spot and they have a lot of road games coming up this month. Any part of the season where you only manage to get... uh one out of a possible 12 <clears throat> points is uh, is not great. Well, we said uh, this last time, but they have been terrible at home and they have left a lot of points on the board. Like I can think of close to a half dozen games at home in the month of October and early November that they either should have won or blew in the third and ended up with like a loser point in overtime. And Mike Condon looking at you here. And we had said they were going to need to bank as many points as possible because the schedule was not going to get any easier once they got kicked out of their building for a curling tournament. And I feel like we've heard at pretty much every broadcast over the last two weeks, like, well, Sens are going on the road for 17 out of their next 19. And everybody's like, is that good? (laughs) And maybe it is good because it's not like they can win at home. But when you have that fact combined with only playing two games in two weeks around the Sweden thing while we're waiting to see what Matt Duchesne can do, combined with six-game losing streak and falling out of a playoff spot, at this point, like the season is very much in danger of slipping away completely. And we had said before that, like, you know, there's that stat, like, if you're in a playoff position at U.S. Thanksgiving, like, you know, you're in pretty good shape. Well, they're not. And the Habs are getting better and the Leafs are continuing to win. And Tampa looks like the best team in the league. So, like, they're in real trouble. And it seems to me this is the point where you do something like you stop negging Thomas Shabbat at every opportunity because Guy Boucher seems to be some kind of weird PUA guy who thinks that that will, you know, get Thomas Shabbat's attention if he just keeps, you know, running him down and put him in uh, because either the season is lost and you might as well get him some reps or you need to shake up something to turn things around. And outside of putting in your number one defense prospect who can allegedly run the power play, uh, I'm not sure what else you do with the current lineup. To start the season, the Senators were uh, winning some games, even though their uh, fancy stats aren't very good. And the irony is that now, in the month of November, they're barely winning any games, but their fancy stats have been excellent. And uh, no one cares about that, it turns out. (laughs) Uh, It turns out people only care about the two points. I don't know if uh, anyone could have seen this coming, but it turns out that when you're not getting any points, the fact that you have like a 54% expected goals for, no one cares. It's almost like these things average out over the course of the season. That's a very hopeful thought. So you're saying that maybe uh, the sensor are too for a bit of vitamin W? The problem is, is that they basically have to go out and play like 600 percentage hockey for a significant period of time at this point. And I think they will start winning some games. I think Eric Carlson will be better. I think Matt Duchesne is going to start to score. I think even last night having Zach Smith back helped a lot in terms of the energy level. But they have basically put themselves in a position where they, they really don't have a lot of margin for error. And you can say, well, it's only November, but... 
the more teams you have to pass, the harder it gets. And again, had they banked a lot of these easy points early on, then they wouldn't you wouldn't be, you know, going into Boston on the second half of a back to back in February and calling it a must win game, you know? Mm-hmm. So the Ottawa Senators traded Kyle Turris and immediately went on a huge uh, losing streak, which I'm now just going to refer to as the slump because, you know, there's not going to be another one. You know, Sens are still in this. Anyway, so the slump happens after immediately Kyle Turris. Do you think this is Chris Neal's fault? <laughs> like the senators finally feeling the loss of Chris Neal's leadership in that room. That must be what it is. But hopefully, um, like Chris Kelly, he'll sign a PTO with Belleville fairly soon. And although he won't have a contract with the big club or be able to be called up, he'll at least I'll at least know he's out there <laughs> uh, playing Chris Neal style hockey for all of us sinners. So that that will be good. Uh, when it happens. No, I don't know if there's like a curse of Kyle Turris's chain or not going on. I don't think so. Um, I do think if you do want to curse someone's Twitter timeline, just RT a picture of Cody Cece. But other than that, I think it's just, I think this is just a combination of poor play generally, which the Senators go through in stretches every year, combined with a lot of bad bounces. I mean, they had a couple goals last night that I don't know how they didn't go in the net. Oh, no, wait, I remember why. It's because it was Ryan Dezingle. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, like, it's just a uh, it's just a rough stretch of games. Um, there's no real positive to take from this other than, you know, it won't last forever. And you have to try to remember that. But they need to be 10 points ahead of where they are right now. So uh, I'm not sure if you've seen this in the news, but uh, Carlson is due. And I don't mean for the Norris, Chet. Ah, uh, that's a good joke. <laughs> no I haven't heard that, that one yet. Eric Carlson's in the news again. Really? What's he done this time? Cured <laughs> cancer, I assume? No, he's uh, he's finally due. For a Norris or uh, I've something heard, else? I've heard that joke before. So Eric Carlson has announced that his wife, Melinda, is pregnant. I'm going to examine this in the way I always do, which is through the lens of, is this good? And I've got to say, I have never been more sure that Eric Carlson's re-signing in Ottawa. You mean because he has a new house and a new kid and uh, and everything else? That's right. Eric Carlson is becoming domesticated, and he's not going to want to leave. He has, at least to this point in his career, kind of patterned his you know life in Ottawa a little bit on Daniel Alfredson's. And I feel like this is going to be his sort of, you know, return fire salvo. If Daniel Alfredson has four boys, Eric Carlson is going to have to have five, right? And they're all (laughs) going to have to have, uh, you know, increasingly elaborate names like, you know, Hugo, Phoenix, get out of here. This is my new son, USB, you know? Yeah. (laughs) This is my son, Umlaut. Like, that's that's what Eric Carlson needs to do. Five boys, all Carlson's. Eric Carlson definitely strikes me as the sort of dad who's basically never going to get tired of dangling his own kids in the driveway. <laughs> like, forever, he's just going to be going between their legs. Yeah. I haven't seen a dad dangle like that since Michael Jackson. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, well, we're going to take some time off for Christmas, and hopefully by the time we come back, things will be better. We're taking time off for Christmas. I mean, I, I you know, we'll have we'll we'll see about that. I mean, uh, you know, there are other Luke Peristies out there. <laughs> like this may be the Chet Sellers and Luke Peristy podcast, but it's uh, it's it's a Luke Peristy, not the Luke Peristy. You don't forget that. Do you think I'm replaceable? <laughs> well, let me tell you, 
You might be right. <laughs> well, you know what? If Chris Domenico is replaceable, then anybody's replaceable. That's true. If it can happen to him, it can happen to anyone. It can so, happen you know, to anyone. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start flying right from now on. I am still lighting my candle for Chris Domenico. I've finally extinguished my candle for Rob Klinkhammer, but I'm ready to carry another torch for a forgotten fourth-line winger for as long as I need to complain about it. If you'd told me at the beginning of the season, you know, by the 1st of December, Chris Kelly will be back in the Ottawa Senators organization, I would think the season was going about as well as it is right now. <laughs> you know go, what? That's, okay, it's going to be it's going to be like that, is it? Okay. That's probably all you need to say. All right, folks, uh good system. We'll that has a question soon. mark after it now. Good, yeah, system? good system. It's not too late. Things can't get worse except they can, but don't think about that. Um, we'll be fine. Brian Adams is coming. It's good. <laughs> I hope he plays that song from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> I hope he plays Summer of Max McCormick's number in training camp a few years ago. <laughs> if he comes out wearing the Yager 69 jersey to play Summer of 69, then I'll, I'll take back everything I've ever said about Brian Adams. I'll buy every album. All, All right. right, folks. Uh, take care, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Whoa. For a couple of hours who both still live with their moms Breaking the town's local hockey team down with some microphones on No other podcast was finer Or was more of a hit with the big rig diners We never thought they'd make it past episode 5 Whoa, somehow these dudes named Shet and Parisi are alive Whoa, whoa, whoa and then the um, the outdoor game at TD Place is going to have uh, get ready for it. Brian Adams. I wasn't sure the tickets were worth the money, and now now I'm sure of it. I do think that uh, Brian Adams at the outdoor game in Ottawa is like an extremely good marriage of artist and uh, time and place. <laughs> like, it, like outdoor hockey at this point has kind of reached. Uh, we're really only doing this because we haven't done it before, and after we do it, we'll never have to do it again. Well, I mean, Brian Adams is competent. You know, workmanlike songs really are the system of uh, Canadian rock. So mm-hmm. I do think it's a good fit. Uh, I also heard that the uh, the missing chicklets guys wanted too much money. The extra insurance costs for playing outdoors are pretty significant. And, you know, if the, if the venue's not going to yeah. cover that, then, you know, they have right of refusal. <laughs> Is missing chicklets now like the Cody CC of the Ottawa Senators game day experience where you're kind of like, well, I prefer if this wasn't there, but we better get used to it. No, it's great. It's like, you know, it's everything you love about a hockey game plus a wedding band. You know, what's to complain about that? And they're not the Cody CC of in-game entertainment because unlike Cody CC, they know how to take care of business. Ha, 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 ha.